Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The shark bait has such teeth dead. And it shows them pearly white Just a jackknife has old Maggie Heat, babe And it keeps it uh, out of sight You know when that shark bites So welcome to Macklin's Take, everyone, with me, Andy Clark and Matt Macklin, as always. Hope you're all well. Thanks for the feedback and the, the reviews that we've been getting in, in recent weeks. Pretty encouraging stuff, I have to say. Uh, constructive stuff, and that's what we, we always ask for. Uh, I do read them, we do look at them, and from time to time people send in questions, and I just wanted to say that we will try and get to those at some point. We might do one just before Christmas, whether it's just me and Matt or one of our regulars as well, where we ask, answer a few of the questions that you, that you send in, the sensible ones, obviously. Um, I think it could be a good idea. Uh, so back to today. And for the first time uh, on Macklin's Take, we have a big-time boxing promoter on the show. We've had some promoters, uh, so no disrespect to a good friend of ours like John Pegg or Al Siesta who promote their own shows, but they would agree that they're not in the same kind of ballpark as the man who, who joins us today, who, along with his brother, runs one of the, the biggest promotional companies in the world, has been for uh, a number of decades now, certainly the biggest on continental Europe for, for quite some time. Uh, he's a very popular character. Calla Sowland. Calla, thank you very much what for an introduction. Us your time. Uh, you'll put Buffer out of a job soon, Andy. Very impressive. No, great to be here with my old friend Matthew and uh, great to see you and looking forward to some interesting debates. So what I've always wondered about, about the promotional game is, is what you need, what kind of minerals you need to be a promoter because it seems to me that you need a blend of, of, of different things because... You look at the kind of people who do it, yourself and Eddie, people might think you're fairly similar. Frank Warren, Barry Hearn, Bob Arum, Don King down the years in America, Al Heyman. These are some very diverse kinds of personalities, but they must have quite a lot of things in common because to survive uh, and to thrive, there must, be, there must be some things you need. I, I, I think you uh, hit the nail on the head in the question. I think the, the first thing you need, the first mineral, as you put it, you need is... Um, is survival uh, the survival uh, the survival skills I guess because uh, you know it's it's not about standing there and doing a press conference or uh, doing a um, doing a weigh in or even putting together a fight it's it's actually surviving it's surviving the problems it's surviving day to day trying to trying to work out 
the best move and, and getting, you know, it's a competitive business, you know, like it's a very competitive sport. It's a very competitive business outside the ring. And um, Matthew will have his take on, on his dealings with different promoters and managers and over the years. Uh, and, you know, it's, it, it, ultimately they're all, if you want to look at one mineral that everyone has, they're survivors. I mean, you know, if you look at Don and, and Bob especially, who's still going full steam. I mean, I don't know how old he is now. I think he's 85, 86. And, you know, he's, for me, one hell of a character. They're both characters. Um, and I've had the pleasure of working with both Uh I've got to say, you know, Don, of course, he has, a, he has a certain reputation that precedes him. But I've worked many years, and I think growing, growing up as a promoter, I've been, I've been in the promotional game now 20-odd years. Um, I, I did many years with Don King. Uh, many years with Don King doing Valoev uh, all over the place. We did a couple of other fighters together. And, you know, he was a tough guy to get the deal done with. But once you got the deal done with Don and you went on a promotional bandwagon with him, it was, you know, it was an incredible learning experience because no one could replicate that. If I did the things that Don King did, you know, he goes in restaurants, has his own paparazzi with him, you know, just to create a fuss. He was the ultimate promoter in that sense. So that, you know, I think if you look at like Eddie today, he's a very witty guy, isn't he? You know, he's got this no context her now flying about. And, and, and Ed's great fun, you know, he's great fun. We've had a few nights out together as well over the years, and he's a, he's a great character in and out of the ring, and I think he's great for the sport. You know, Frank has his style, you know, putting together very good fights over the years. Frank's was or is one of the best matchmakers, I think, in the business. He knows that right time. I'm just thinking about that Jeff Lacey Calzaghi fight sticks out for me uh, as a fight where he knew. He knows the right time to put them together, Frank. He's very good at that. Uh, Barry's also... And Costa Zoo was a good one of his, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, Costa Zoo. Costa Zoo, yeah, that's a great example. That's great, a great example. But, and there's, you know, be countless ones of those. But ultimately, um, I've got to say, uh, all those, these promoters have, have got very... They've got their own skill sets. So they're all unique. You know, you couldn't compare Bob Arum and Don King or, without any question, shadow of a doubt, the biggest promoters the sport's ever seen. So... Those are the ones that you sort of emulate to as a young promoter, but or aspire to in a way. But could I recreate? You know, unfortunately, I ain't got the hair, and uh, and Bob, I I haven't got the uh, good fellas accent, as you put it. You know, uh, he's you know he reminds me of they're big characters. And we try, to, I just try to be myself, and and I think Eddie does a like I said before, he's a great funny guy, uh, and I don't think he puts that really on. I think it's quite natural. So. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very individual skill set of minerals, but all of us have to be survivors, and you just have to take it a day at a time. You just don't know what's next in boxing. You wake up and you think, how da? Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. How the fucking hell is that possible? Right? You know, there was recent things, you know, people talking yesterday about the franchise champions, and, you know, I was being sprung questions yesterday. I was with you, Matthew, and it was sprung questions from, from media about, what do you think about a franchise champion? What do you think about... Devin Haney being promoted to it. I'm like, whoa, 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 slow down, man. I'm, I'm in the middle of a fight week. I've, I've got my brains on fight week, and now you're asking me questions on things that I've got no idea about. I've never even seen Devin Haney live, so I don't even know anything about it. But that's the fast-moving nature of the game at the moment with social media, where, you know, overnight you wake up, you've got the timeline with the news from America, so it doesn't sleep. But you've constantly got that battle in this sport um, to survive, and... You know, I'm sure you're going to go and ask me a few questions how this season has been in the first season of the World Boxing Super Series. And it has been 
you know, always a question of how do you get to the next step. You know, that's uh, that's that's the game. Well, I mean, it's it's an ever changing landscape, isn't it? So it, you, absolutely, you know, you th- it's not about even if you're trying to explain to someone, you can't say, look, learn this and you've got it sussed because it, it's impossible. It's like you know, guiding someone's career. Even it's yeah. like, well. You can't it's, it's to give even a blueprint. It's like I don't know. It's but I've been I've been around a long time. I've been very experienced. Been around a lot of people and involved in a lot of different scenarios. Seen how they played out. How some went well, some didn't go well. I just know that I'll know the right thing to do at the yeah, right time. Yeah, and, yeah. You know whether you offer someone five fights in the first year or ten or X amount. It's really the and this is what I would try and say to kids when we were talking when, when I was managing and things. It's like. The money's great and you want to get the best deal you can, but the most important thing is that you're getting on the right ship yeah. with the right people the right, the right to job. guide your yeah. career because yeah. the things are going to change. Yeah. Right now, this promoter have a, might have a, net, uh, a deal with this network, but Correct. that might change in five yeah. years. But the bottom line is you're going with the people yeah. that can evolve yeah. and move with the times. 100%. If you look at the last couple of years, I mean, let's, let's take America. America is still the... I guess the, the biggest revenue market out there, isn't it? You know, um, and you look at it a couple of years ago, you had HBO and Showtime, yeah? um, and you know HBO was locked up with certain promoters, and uh, actually the boss of Showtime, Ken Hirschman, went over to HBO. Uh, Showtime then sort of went on the, the PBC Stroke Heyman side of things. HBO had everything else, but the budgets were, you know, they were they were pretty much frozen apart from the pay per views. You know, so it was the same budget you had ten years ago, and it apparently was even going down a bit. Suddenly, overnight, ESPN get involved. Then you've got DAZN coming on board. Then you've got. UFC departing from Fox and Fox Sunny taking on the, uh, on boxing, HBO departing from the scene. Uh, the, the, the whole thing is, you know, uh, uh, I mean, heavyweights. Look at the prices at the, uh, the heavyweight division at the moment. You know, the the, the, the purses. You couldn't you couldn't make a thought about that two three years ago. It's just overnight. You know, is it a bubble? No, it's not. It's, it's just it's 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 an up and down. It's a sports business. You know, a few years ago it was the welterweights. Now it's Sunny the heavyweights again. Um, I do think the heavyweights are important for, for, the, for the sport, so it's great to see them back. But how predictable is that? You know, did we think that? And people can talk about who the champion is, but the night that heavyweight the boxing changed, no one can argue about this. Is the night Klitschko lost the Fury? End of. You know what? Tyson then went off and did for a year was one thing, or what he went through. But that's the night that changed heavyweight boxing. It took it back, back to the, back to the mass. Hey, everybody. Sitting here with a famous Slovenian philosopher. How are you doing, sir? I am uh, in health. Thank you. Are you uh, excited about something? I am excited about this latest uh, CIA-funded venture. A CIA venture? Yes. It's called The Desire and Capital Podcast. Oh, what is it about? I refuse your fascist question. Well, there you have it. Listen to the Desiring Capital podcast coming soon to a bourgeois platform near you. On your marks, get set, go. This is so crazy. Uh, the, the, the Klitschko's killed the heavyweight boxing as good as they were. Yeah, they were too, they were too they, good. They were too dominant. Too, too methodical. Too dominant, but also not entertaining. Yeah. And it, 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 it lost its mojo, the heavyweight division yeah. did, and people just yeah. became disinterested. There was no real competition there. They were, they were too dominant, but not in an exciting way, and it just died off. Yeah. And, but th- you're right, since Fury broke that, and then the emergence of Joshua and 
belt's got split up and you know the way yeah. it's, it's gone on since then Wilder as well it's yeah. and then the streaming platforms coming in the PBC before that uh, you know the hedge fund it, yeah. boxing's just blown it's, up really yeah, the last and, few and, years and, and, and if you look at it if you look at it Matthew if you look at it from, from all the different from all the different places where where, the, where the, let's say the money's coming in and we could you know we could say oh, I'll promote we're talking about money again but the money's money's listen this is not a sport which is funded by the government it's not a sport which relies on massive global television rights deals it's a it's an entrepreneurial sport it, it depends on private companies private individuals to put money into the businesses and if you look at the money that's coming to boxing now what's great is it's such a wide variety of money so you touched on the hedge fund this this very famous hedge fund deal behind the pbc you can talk about uh, the zone coming in with the ott uh, monies of course you can talk about the resurgence of the pay-per-view market in the UK. I know people hate talking about pay-per-views, but unfortunately, the fight we're seeing this weekend, the, 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 ta- the Progress-Taylor fight, the reason it's in the UK, I can tell you, because we made the decision, was because we had the ability to put it on pay-per-view. End of. And the reason that you can see this great fight on UK soil is because there is that pay-per-view model. Don't like it, don't buy it. You know, that's, it's sorry to be so hard, but, that, but that's, that's what funds it. And that money, by the way, doesn't just stick with... Uh, the promoter or even the main event fighters it's it's it goes all the way down into the grassroots of the sport because look progress has been around the peacock this week i'll give you an example the last three weeks the peacock i trained at the peacock as a kid it's a it's a it's a it's, a, it's an absolute um monument of a, of a place for boxing for me the peacock it's it's for me one of the greatest gyms and because of him training there Think about the eyeballs the peacocks had in the last few weeks. Think about maybe the new people walking into the peacock. Oh, I want to go train down the peacock. You're bringing in money. You're bringing in interest into the sport at that level. And that comes all the way down. So it's not that it just sits at the top and, uh, and it's all caviar up there and nothing down there. It goes all the way down, you know, and that, that's, that's great for boxing. I mean, it's interesting, you know, we, we talked then, mentioned the hedge fund, the PBC, the zone, the streaming platform, that coming in and they're creating this money that's around and people are thinking, well, is, is that real money? Is it a bubble? Is it going to burst? What if they pull the plug? Where does it go then? World Super Series, yeah. interesting concept. It's yeah. like, how, how do they make that money work? Yeah. The fighting here, the fighting there. Is it, again, some real, you know, very, very wealthy individuals coming in Having a punt, trying to do it like a Champions yeah. League yeah. sort of thing yeah. with it. That's I mean, what, that's what, what we're trying to do. Like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think too many people. I mean, listen. The, the good thing is when people talk about boxing, for whatever reason they talk about it, we are a niche sport. So any talk about boxing, positive or negative, to, well, negative. I'm going to have a few carve outs on there. Um, uh, you know, of course, if it's negative and on, for health or safety reasons, it's not a good one. But everything else around boxing is a positive. People talk about boxing. So let them talk all day long about business models of the zone or of, of the WBSS. You know, we, we've all got to work out what our business plans are. If I was going to sit here and explain the business plan of the WBSS, I'd say uh, I'd be giving away a few uh, few secrets. And, and ultimately, it's... The same with DAZN. These the people behind DAZN are geniuses. These are geniuses in their sector of what they do in life. You know, and like you know, whoever's listening to this, I'm sure you've got your own areas of genius. But these guys behind DAZN are have a Midas touch. They they started a, a very 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 interesting company called Perform. A few, I think 10, 15 years ago now. Um, 
It did sensationally well. Got bought out. Um, it was an amazing model, a complete stroke of genius. And, and they went on to disown. And I'll tell you something. You, I've always believed don't back a concept, back the person behind it. And these people are, especially the, the management involved, they are second to none in this sector. And they'll know what they're doing. They'll do, definitely know more about what they're doing than are speculating about what they're doing. You know, people working out, well, how can they make their money back? Forget that. That's, that's their business. Let's, let's just be happy. Be happy that the WBSS is the WBSS bringing us, you know, amazing, more unification fights than any other promoter on the planet in the last couple of years all over the globe let's just enjoy it instead of saying well how are they making their money who gives a shit you know that's not that's not your business your business is that you're watching boxing you're enjoying it so be happy instead of working out wow that can't work you know we'll Uh, see time will tell you know we're confident I know exactly what you're saying because there is a lot of discussion of that people talking about businesses and business models and different organizations and it's tempting to do that if you do what we do because you wonder where rights are going where fights are going who's going to be covering what in the future and then you just realize there's actually no real point worrying about that just yeah. just just turn up at ringside for the fights you pay to and enjoy it yeah. because how it's a great job and Andy, know, how many times have you said Facebook, what, an, what, what a simple idea. I wish I had that one. You know, Twitter. Right. And, and the Twitter came after Facebook. After we all realised, well, oh, well, that's easy, isn't it? It's like an address book and I can just have my mates in there. A couple of years later, Twitter, I think, if I, we, you know, we, all, we had a, a, a nice stake in Twitter. We wouldn't be complaining today. But that was an even simpler idea. Put out a message on a, basically a mass SMS you're doing, you know. <laughs> and then guess what? After Twitter came Instagram, hey, you know, add a photo to it, you know, it's like, I don't get the And there will be something else. And now else. when people tell me, like, when we talk about podcasts, I can't work them out either. I think they're great to listen to. I haven't worked out the business model yet, but you know what? I love listening to them. So am I going to complain? No, because I like to listen to podcasts. Oh, you wouldn't approve of the business model for Macklin's take. We do this for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. We, we're, right. we're not so a no, chopper no, there, that's for sure. Not, not in right. the podcast business yeah. anyway. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. At the end of the day, if you're if you're sitting there as a consumer, whether it's whether it's a, a fucking burger or whether it's a fight that I'm consuming, where I'm buying it on pay per view, where I'm when we're getting it via a subscription, who cares? You're getting you're, you're having the, the the luck to see two guys. You know, we've seen some tragic, tragic, tragic things in ring in the ring re, in recent times. God bless Patrick Day. Um, Really, you know, I've been there with fighters. In, in you know, I'm just thinking Eddie Gutknecht after the George Groves fight with his family weeks in, in the hospital, in, in, in a coma. You know, it's the worst. It can be the worst sport, and it can be the most beautiful sport. But so, you know, look at what the fighters put into the sport, day in, day out. Forget the fight. You know better than me. The, forget the fight. What's left in a training camp? Time and time again, and to, to, for them to be able to put their, their their attributes into a ring on a stage like the WBSS, you know, uh, Uzik, you know, would he be where he is today without the tournament? No. So we're we're delighted with what's going on, you know, and, and let's worry about the business side of things. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that, and, and couldn't echo it even loudly enough. It's it's whatever. You know, don't worry about the details. Just as a fan, you're getting the best fight yeah, and the best. Exactly. You know, whether 
whether that works for the guys at the top yeah. pulling the strings, making yeah. the moves business-wise, that's that's their yeah. problem. That's their. Yeah. And if they make millions, you know, God bless them. And if they lose it, well, they knew they're, they're yeah. big boys. Yeah, they know yeah. what they're getting into. So I mean, we're just also, getting the best fights. Also, as a promoter, going back to your 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 first question. There's all different models as well on, on promoters. There's some promoters they simply work off a, off a percentage. You know, they'll take their X percent off, off, the, off, the, off the purse or off a joint show, which is basically an open business model. They see how many tickets sold or everything's open book. And there's other ones, which, which to 90% of the time, uh, we've used in, in my time in boxing, where you, you, you say to a fighter, right, you fight for a world title, it's, I'm going to take a round number now, take a million, you get a million, right? I've got to pay the other guy, challenger, half a million. So one and a half plus my cost, bomb, 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 bomb. I've got two million on the event, right? That event has to bring in two million to break even, plus my running costs, or I lose money or I make money. That's my punt. That's how I see promotional business. So I might lose. I can't have, fighters can't accuse me, oh, well, you made two million, I only made one million. Well, you know what? I had the punt. You, you took know? the risk. I took the risk. And so that's that's a little bit the model we've always used. Now we, we've adapted. A lot of people are using this percentage system. I'm a fan of the old system, you know. Put your money where your mouth is as a promoter. The fighter's doing that in the ring. You put the money where the mouth is. Don't come to me afterwards and complain, though, that you... I got more than you, if that if that's the business case, because I'll show you enough business well, cases you, where you, I got less. You, you can't have your cake and eat it, exactly. can you? You know, if you exactly. want to be the fighter, some exactly. fighters... They might be risk takers and they might be like, well, I can I'm, tell I'm, you've retired, I'm, Matthew. I can I'm, tell I'm, you've retired. <laughs> this conversation should have been done when you were champ. You know, you know as a fighter, no. it's, you, yeah. you want your cake and you want to yeah. eat. You don't want to, uh, you don't want to take a risk. Of course not. But then you can't complain afterwards then if it yeah. went better than expected and they made more and you were, you still stuck with your flat yeah. fee. You were, you were guaranteed your flat fee. Yeah. The I risk was on the, you know, the promoter. So it's, but it is, you know, it is, a, it, but it is a mentality thing. I remember we did um, Kester Frotch 2. It was actually the first fight to bring back, it sound like a horrible promoter here, bring back pay-per-view boxing to the UK. Um, was actually <laughs> was actually after after the, uh, Harrison Hay and Harris, and Hay Klitschko, which were both fights I also promoted. So, so, so I got rid of pay-per-view and I brought it back as well. Um, very sorry about that. But, but, a little lesson um, at the, at the, at the, at the, which, which for someone listening to who wants to know a little bit about the boxing business that was a classic case of purse versus percentage I remember sat with Eddie we looked at the, for the fight once and he couldn't come with pay-per-view and I said Eddie look, it just don't make sense we're making so much paying Kester so much to fight in, in, in Scandinavia in stadiums to come over and do the rematch with Froch, we're gonna we can't go with X that that Sky were offering on a on a on a on a normal show, so we're gonna need a pay per view to, to get anywhere near it. Anyways, he came back for six months later, and uh, we sat down and bashed out a deal. And uh, he said, "Come on, get Kester to work on a percentage." And I said, "No, no, he's not gonna work on a percentage. It's not the way." And 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 and, and uh, Eddie was working with percentages. I was working with flat fees. So. Um, in the end, um, I'm not going to go too much into the detail on the numbers, but, but in the end, it was I had to, as a promoter, take the decision if I wanted to make the fight or not. Mikkel was very clear, I ain't going to work on a percentage. I don't understand. And I got him. I understood it. He didn't understand the UK pay-per-view business. He goes, yeah, what's the minimum guarantee? <laughs> I said, no, it's not like Scandinavia. There's no minimum guarantees. It's a pay-per-view. Yeah, but what if they sell none? I said, 
you, you have a box of Enafi. You know, it's, it's just, just the way you might actually have to pay money back. He goes, no, I don't understand that model. Anyway, we agreed on the fee, and it was my call to make the fire. And I had to, because Eddie wasn't going to guarantee him the money, of course. It was, it was my side. It wasn't Eddie's business, too. It was, he, he looked after Frotch. They had a deal, whatever that deal was. But I had to go to Mikkel and, 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 and risk it. And, and that was my risk. Did I make money on the fight? Yeah, I made a hell of a lot of money on the fight. But you took the risk. Well, I took the risk. And Mikkel was happy. And, 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 and never even asked. Mikkel was you know, one of the biggest gentlemen in the game. He never even asked me, you know, how much did it sell afterwards, you know? We've had a few beers since and in a, and a few training sessions since. And he's, uh, he's, yeah. off, he's often asked me, how much money did they know? There's an old age kind of... Um, assumption myth that you know it's uh, stereotypes that the promoters the big shark and the the, the, yeah. the boxers the poor you know victim <laughs> does get shafted all the time and it's not that's certainly yeah. not yeah. always the case it's like you say you can't you're getting guaranteed you're happy with your guarantee then you can't moan afterwards then when you heard that the show went really well and I made loads of money because I took the risk and I guaranteed that and if that show had bumped I'm yeah. pretty sure you weren't happy yeah. to take half your purse. Okay, okay. Do you know what I mean? So it's... You know, Matthew, you know. think about the amount of... Andy, you as well. Think about, I'm not going to mention names now but, they, but think about the amount of new promoters we've seen over the years. There was a couple of brothers not so long ago I think involved with Hay as well. You know, uh, they disappeared after one show. You know, um, so you 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 got to think like, you know, the amount of people I've said to me, oh, it's, oh, it's big money boxing sounds great. You know, uh, the amount of people who tried to come into boxing, have done a show and have run with their tail between their legs and screamed, how much do I have to pay to get out of this? Right. So, you know, it, it, it all sounds like. So a lot of people say to me, how do I get into the promotional game? I said, you don't, you, you sort of you sort of grow into it. I mean, if you look at if you look at young. But fruit, and I, I, unfortunately, I'm now 42, so I can't call myself young anymore. At least not in this not in this round. Um, but if you look at like um, a good example, Frank Smith. I don't know if your viewers know, listeners, viewers. See, that's me. As I, you can tell I'm old if I'm saying viewers on a podcast. The listeners know Frank Smith is uh, CEO at Matchroom. I've known Frank since I think we did our first show together, uh, t- let's say ten odd years ago. He's learnt it through the ropes. You see him doing more and more stuff now on matchroom shows. Uh, faced, you know, he does a grown into it. And he's one for the f- definitely one that will become a great promoter in the future. He's gone from being T boy. I think he did the. He was putting up once again. I'm on a. I guess I'm on a public thing here, but I think he used to put up illegal posters around East London promoting shows. So because <laughs> he was too young to get nicked, but he's worked. He, he's worked. That's what, that is a rumor, by the way. If any other, allegedly, if, if allegedly. the old bit of listening, that was definitely a rumor. I I cannot make any statements to that, but but no. But but Frank knows the business in and out, and I, I don't even think he's hit thirty yet. So he. He's one that for the future, and those are the sort of, if so, when people say, well, how do I get in promotion? I want to spend some money. I say, mate, mate, you want to spend some money in boxing? You're going to get, you're going to get, you're going to lose money. Trust me. You, you can't with, buy you, boxing. No, no, exactly. you, you come can't the boxing, buy it. You come to boxing with money, you're losing it. But I'm <laughs> so you want to end up a millionaire in boxing, you better start off a billionaire. You know, and there's that many people that come in boxing, they've made a few quid yeah. doing whatever. <laughs> and then, and then, and you know, <laughs> selling cars, scrap metal, what, you know, what it may be. Whatever, maybe, maybe they're good businessmen in that business, but they come into boxing and they oh, do their bollocks. Bollocks. They do their uh, and they and bollocks, and, and they're leaving boxing, hating it, hate, hating it, hating it. The amount of the amount of famous rich people who've 
approached to do something in boxing, and you're like, man, and, and when they do get involved, and it, it, to be most of them end up being in like the uh, the more the managerial side of things, you have some you know celebrities backing a fighter. But when you sit and talk to them, you're like, and these are these are people who are so successful in, in what they do in normal life, and they're sitting there and they're talking to you about boxing, and just thinking, oh my god, mate, you have not got a fucking clue, and you're just sitting there thinking, oh fuck, this poor guy, you're, this poor you're going to get chewed, just, chewed up and spat get out, and spat and god knows what else out, <laughs> you know, you're going to be the uh, you're going to be the leftovers, mate, and um and, and these are successful people in much tougher businesses, you know, insane, insane, and and, and so someone always says me, how did you become a promoter? Going back to your very first question again, what was the common thing? You have to you have to go through the ropes, you know. Um, and that it's, you got to do your apprenticeship. Yeah, you do, you do, you do. I mean, uh, I started mine when I was born because I had boxers as babysitters, and, and grew up with a with a lunatic father who loved who loved boxing, you know. And, and my Sunday lunches were the old man would get his boxing pals around. Was at the time it was Mickey Duff, uh, Jarvis Astaire, those are the big guys in the eighties. Uh, occasionally we'd have Bruno on a Sunday, you know. It was it would be the big thing, and it, and and. So much talk. I used to bunk off school to go and hang out with my uh, my sort of makeshift godfather in London was uh, was Denny Mancini with the corner man, one of the greatest corner men who ever lived, and he ran the small Lonsdale shop, and I used to bunk off school and sit in the Lonsdale shop all day. And Denny was such a character. You had everything from you know gangsters to priests coming to see him. Uh, we had everything. It was this tiny little shop, so I'd sit in the back. Carnaby Street was it? Carnaby Street, yeah, yeah, just off Carnaby, uh, Big Street. Big, big Street, Street, yeah. Then they moved to the posher one, was a bit down the road, um, it was a bit bigger, but it, sort of like that old shop. You he did my it. corner a few times then, yeah, he did, then he went to me. Lovely fella, yeah. I was, he, 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 we, he, he was the one who uh, who gave me the, 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 the Tottenham thing, you know, he took first started telling me the Tottenham when I was a kid. And uh, got me hooked on it. He would go every Tottenham game home and away whenever he could. And uh, was was a great man. But he knew, and that, and and boxing isn't a normal sport like that. You you by going to events, you you see the event. But you, the, the back, the things that goes on in gyms. I did gym I did gym job in the summer. Um, you know, worked. I worked at, uh, once at Frank Maloney's old office. Uh, it was in the city of London. Did a few few months there you know I, I just just was it generally interested in the game you know it was uh it, it, it's a real it's a real uh interesting colorful world I, I think boxing obviously the sport of boxing 12 rounds you know and it, the concept is pretty easy to see you got to try and knock the other guy out and yeah. you know there's a beautiful part you know. it's the simplest it's a, it should be the simplest part but, but uh, until until we start getting involved in who, what what an actual champion is? Then, then yeah, it's that is a bit more messy. <laughs> but 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 I do think that even for the uh, people who are just a bit more than a casual fan who delve a little bit deeper and are real fans, like it or not, the kamikaze-ness and the and the of the business side of it and the characters, I think, is as addictive and as intriguing as the actual fight in itself. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, for, for, for my purposes as, as an observer, that I I'm addicted to that. I find it absolutely just it blows my mind. I I can't get enough of it. And when um, when I come to think about the kind of wild west nature of boxing and, and the job that you do, I like to think that I'm fairly comfortable with uncertainty because I've worked freelance for such a long time. 
but you're another level. Boxing promoters, you know, you have to not just be comfortable with utter chaos and uncertainty. You have to actually really like it because that's where opportunities lie. Hey everybody, this is Moto G Pete from the Noko Moto Motorcycle Podcast. Join us every week while we rate, review, ride, philosophize, and generally obsess over every single motorcycle make, model, and style that could possibly exist, plus news and racing. That's the Noko Moto Motorcycle Podcast from Moto One Podcast Network Studios. I, 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 yeah, but I think we feed off all of the same ecosystem. What I, do, what I let me turn around. To, let me ask you a question. So you say you you love it, and actually I'll ask you both a question. Do you think? And I was thinking about it the other day that boxing is a real resurgence in the UK. Now we can thank uh, the great UK promoters, Eddie, Frank, uh, Mick, whoever all the promoters are. But I think, and I look at also. I'm really terrible at social media, and I'm not good at that at all. I, I mean, I, thank God it wasn't around when I was a dating man, or else I've been, I've been a <laughs> lunatic on there. But, but, but I do find it funny. So, I, so I, I, I love going through. A, you know, I'm, a, I'm an on-off guy with social media, but, but we live in it now. You've got to say, in the UK, it's, it's really, it's thriving. And I think exactly what you two said, and especially you, Andy, just said you know you, you love this, addicted to this, this, this sort of what's going on. But let's go back 20 years. If that was 20 years ago, you wouldn't know any about that. You wouldn't know that, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, there was a, a, a legal fight between two promoters. You'd, you'd sort of, you'd, you'd pick, I, I, when I was a kid, I'd get the, the KO magazine and the Ring magazine and Boxing Monthly, maybe Boxing News, of course. But that would be it. And, and now it's got, you've got the, that Twitter feed. You know, when recently I was served with a lawsuit, which, which was quite public. I got it at 4 a.m. I'm not going to tell you where I was. But, but, but I wasn't in the state to fucking answer it. I'll tell you that now. So I've just called up my lawyer. Oi. I said, am I being fucking sued? I said, I said, why the fuck am I finding that off Twitter? I'm <laughs> serious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so then I deleted the app. I was like, fucking shit, come phone. And I'm really swearing. Sorry, but it was that way. It was one of those moments that you know I was uh, wasn't too happy. I mean, it got solved in four days, but still. You know, it was it it, it, it does, and I'll just answer the question myself. Haven't I? No, but I know <laughs> what you're asking me. I think no, I know what you're asking me. And the, but, what, what but I find fascinating is because I'm on the inside of it. Yeah, I get to see things that are real and that are actually happening, and speak yeah. to people like you and others. If I was just viewing it through the kind of prism of social media, I would feel like I knew what was going on, probably. But actually. You don't really know what's yeah. going on. It's all just hearsay and rumour, which which is probably quite frustrating for you. Most of the stuff I read on Twitter, I follow a few people who are reliable and well-informed, and I only really pay attention to things when I actually know that they're happening. I'm not bothered about he might be fighting him or her when here. I'm not interested until yeah. it actually gets done. Yeah. And that's how it used to be. Yeah. I, I, okay, but you're, for, you're, you're in the scene. So let's, let's, but if you're a casual f- fan, right? So you know, we all work in, in the industry, it's in, in, in a certain sector of the industry. But if you're a fan, you've got that 360 picture now. That's what I find fascinating. Like, when I was a kid, I'd had, apart from that, those Sunday discussions that I could sort of put my ear to, I didn't know any of it. So I was like, 
right, when's the next fight getting made? Oh, well, oh the KO magazine comes out, I'll read it in there, or, or boxing news is coming out, you know. But now it's like a, it's a t- so it's a, as a sport to follow. We don't get that in football. You it's like every hear, man and his dog has hear, got like, you, you feel like hear. they're privy to the deal it's that's it, happening. Well, exactly, that's what you, you feel part of it. And I remember the first time I did an interview with uh, with Coogan Cassius on our IFL. He came up to me. I never. It was actually Kester Frost who <laughs> talks about that a lot today. And I'm standing there, and Coog's a big guy, you know. And I, t- I think I'd seen him around Hatton days. So I, I'd definitely seen him before. But he walked up to me with a with a camera, which I didn't even know could film things, and and, and said, "Can I do an interview?" So I looked at him and I thought, "Is this that? Is this is this a wind up or is a bit of a laugh?" So I'm standing there, and I go, "Well, yeah." And then he sort of holds the camera in my face, and I'm thinking, "What is he doing now?" <laughs> and then he started asking me bizarre questions, like totally off the cuff, and I I actually thought it was a joke, so I started answering them in a really jokey way. I'd love to see if I could actually see that. That was the first one I did. <laughs> so after the interview, I was like, what, what is this? Yeah, what is this? You know, this is like, what is it? You know, I, I didn't have a Twitter account. I didn't know anything about Twitter. Eddie already had probably 100,000 followers. He was so far. Eddie was so far ahead on Ed, that one. Eddie changed the game Eddie, with social Eddie media. was the game he changer. He came in and was making that. fights on Twitter. Uh, I remember like, the first what? thing. He goes, oh, you get yourself a Twitter account. I remember, I was like, what the fuck do with that? You know? And, but, but, so but the likes of Bob Arum and Frank Warren yeah, having heart no, attacks no, when yeah, 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 he's no, just doing, putting deals on the Frank table on Twitter. Account now, but it's very clear it's not Frank who's writing those messages, you know. And, 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 and I think, but I think Bob does a bit of his own. Yeah. It's a few crazy ones that must come, must come from Bob. But, um, but no, but, but, but look at now the numbers that those 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 streamers are doing. I mean, Coogan. He's one of the funniest. I, like, I enjoy chatting with Coogan because I do let my... You, you sort of... It doesn't feel like a real... It feels like a chat. And, and I think this, this podcast thing is very dangerous for people like me who just start <laughs> fucking totally <laughs> losing it and ranting about things I should not be ranting about. And, uh, yeah, it's just good that we do it during the day and not in the evening. Yeah. Um, I never, ever will do a podcast at night. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll be banned by the police. Um, so, but, 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 but bring, but, but, bring us all down with him. Pushing down the mic here. Um, but, but no, but, 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 but if we, we just, sorry, go back to that point I was trying to make with, uh, with IFL. They've come on like leaps and bounds. It's more important to do an interview with IFL than it is to do an interview with Sky Sports News almost. It's, it's crazy because they get yeah. great numbers. But it is, but that, that whole generation, and so I'm putting it all in one pot, and I'm probably totally wrong on this because it's not really not. That's why I have social media people who they're all a bit, they're all a bit odd. The social media ones, I find. You know, sorry if you're listening. You know who I'm talking about. They do live in a bubble, and they and they're geniuses in their own right. Well, but a, but they're all nuts. It's a bit you know, like they're, this. They're nuts. They don't like. They literally, have you, have you? If you watch, I don't know if it's me. Maybe I'm just too old school. But when you sit there. And someone's one-on-one with me at a lunch or a dinner, and he's just going through his timeline. I feel like picking up his fucking phone and just dropping it in, 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 in the water. You know? No, I'm and the same it, like it's, that. It's, 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 it's addictive. Yeah. My brother, my brother, for example, you go, watch my brother. He sits there. It's like he's attached to the phone with his head. Actually, Eddie's another good one. Eddie, Eddie's always on his concert. But that is, that's a, that's, that is a certain mindset, and like I said before, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie was a game changer in terms of social media and boxing. And that, 
that is a great thing. That's a great, been a great thing. I mean, uh, just got someone's got to teach me how to use that Instagram now. I've learned Twitter. Now I've got to move on to Instagram. I, I mean, I think it was a game changer. I think Eddie was the one who certainly changed that game. But it's it's definitely a tool, isn't it? Now and we can't. No matter how old school you are, you can't. If you want to move with killed, change, move with the times, and you talk about the ever changing landscape, well, you Matt, have to. Matt, if you, you were fighting, I was it. promoting you. And I was announcing a fight. How would I do it? I called my press guy uh, and I'd say, right, this is the quote of Matthew. This is the challenger's quote. This is my quote. Put out a press release. You'd wait for the press release and you'd hope that people pick up the press release. You'd call up people or you'd get your, 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 your media guy to call up people. You'd call the media guy and say, why is it not, why are they not fucking writing those stories? And the media guy would say, whoa, 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 I haven't spoken to them yet. I said, why are you fucking not on the fucking phone? <laughs> and... Um, and that, and that, and that, but let me, I don't know how many times I've done it, and I still do it now. And the guy goes, We haven't done a press release. I said, Why are you not fucking done a press release? I said, Because it's on social media. Ah, okay, right. He stopped it. It's killed off that whole press release it, thing. It's old is, now, isn't it? It's it, old school. You wouldn't, a press release now, you sort of do as a, you know, as a formality almost. Does anyone, oh, fuck, I haven't read my own press release in about two years. You know, why would I? You know, and, it, and is it, it's even enjoyable. With from, Donald Trump? Yeah, the, the president of America was never off Twitter. No, yeah, I mean he's he's interesting on Twitter, isn't he? He fucking, I tell you something. I, there's some fucking lunatics out there, but I tell you, you know, yeah, he is one fucking lunatic. I tell you. I, I, in fact, I'm, I follow him. I, 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 and it, and it, we're diverging a bit from boxing here. Yeah. Although, he don't is, worry yes, about he it. He is a, he is a big boxing fan. For, which was also worried. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My old man did a, did a photo shoot with him and Valuev. Uh, once and you know, I mean, listen, uh, you know, Boris Johnson's another fruitcake on Twitter. But you know, at the end of the day, you have all the everyone is out there, and it and it makes everything transparent. And boxing is just another part of that. I just think for our sport in particular, where you don't have, you know, in football you couldn't do that. You couldn't. You, first of all, contractually, the players aren't allowed to say shit, right? If they say anything, they get they get slapped from. Imagine, imagine, imagine. Del Boy was was a professional footballer. Can you imagine the fines from the club and from? Oh, the, he'd, he'd be, he'd be he'd permanently just, suspended. He'd be banned for seasons, you know. He'd be permanently he'd, suspended. Forget, forget that, what, he's, what he's the, actually the, done in a ring. As, as you say, the difference. He'd be playing to break even. But we're such an unregulated sport, full of a bunch of lunatics, right? Which we all are, whether it's fine. Fighters to promoters to agents. We're complete. Uh, we're a nut house, basically. We're a complete mad shop, and it, social media allows the world to see how fucking nuts we really are. But I think that's what makes it so great that's as what, well. That's what I'm, I think that's that what I'm people saying. love it because it's full of all these characters. Just, just yeah. oh, they do, they do. I, I, I covered football for a long time when I was coming up through radio. You, you, you had to. There was, the, yeah. it was the biggest thing out there, and. And even in the time I did it over a course of 10 years, it really changed. That The access you got really changed. Uh, and all of a sudden, it seemed to be that you were kept away from players rather than have them made available to you. And then, and then I was always trying to get my foot in the door with boxing. And it's just a different world. Just a totally different world. And boxing is just so brilliantly indiscreet. And people will tell each other anything when they're not supposed to. And then on Twitter, it's just like... It, like you say, for some people, it is just the worst possible thing because they probably don't even <laughs> yeah, realise it's a yeah. public forum yeah, and they'll yeah. have massive arguments yeah. on it all the time. Yeah. It's, and <laughs> other sports don't do that. They're too worried about what other people think and boxing has never cared about that. Yeah. 
Yo, I'm DK, co-host of the One Star Recruits podcast. My best friend Rip and I host five-star athletes, celebs, business leaders, comedians, and coaches from around the world. Each week, I can guarantee the show will always have great laughs, catch up on life's in relatable ways, and have a ton of fun. We're recruiting you. We are the One Stars, which means we can ask the questions that no other podcast asks to guests like Joey Chestnut, Evander Holyfield, Bobby Hurley, Jenny Finch, Ryan Lochte, Montel Jordan, New guests every week, compelling interviews that you want to hear. Check us out wherever you get podcasts, One Star Recruits. It, it, the madness and the chaos is part of the appeal, isn't it? It's I think in, in, in football and, and mainstream sports in other countries, I think they're quite insulated, aren't they, yeah. within the club, within they have the big management well, company, PR people, dealing with stuff and everything's kept, they're kept away really and they're kept like, they're insulated. Where, Imagine you imagine you are doing a podcast in football and you know if you if you wanted with your connections if you wanted to have I'd say 99.9% of boxers you you probably get on on your podcast within a month right 99.9% who aren't hiding away so that basically every big boxer would come on it you try doing that in football, you wouldn't get no one on it. No one, because you know why? Not even if they wanted to, they can't. They're not allowed. They're not allowed. You know, they're not allowed to go on it. It's, it's such a, I mean, I'm not saying, I love watching football. I'm a massive football fan, but as a sport on social media, I don't fucking look at, what, what would you look at? No, you like hearing rants about this one rant and about the other, you know, you don't even use it as a news feed. It's like a, like a, like I said, it's, no, it's an entertainment. It. That, that, like if it, I look it, at Twitter, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to see what Cristiano Ronaldo's have for no, breakfast. Gives, I want, I want, I want to see Curtis Woodhouse yeah. go round to someone's house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember I that one. That was, that was one of the best <laughs> ones. I remember that one. That was about four or five years ago. Now, no? Yeah. It's a while ago. The troll amazing. was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. Amazing. It's true, though. The, the, the access that uh, journalists or people, fans, have to boxers, as opposed to, say, football or any other sports, it, there's, there's just absolutely no comparison. Yeah. And, and, as, and as chaotic as boxing business sport is at times, I do feel that that is part of the, the law. That's part of what makes it so oh, great. without yeah. a doubt. 100%. It's just, uh, for me, it's just magnified these days. And that, but that... Going back to my original point question, is I think a key ingredient on keeping boxing so sexy at the moment. It's just it's just made it more appealing because it's not we have breaks in boxing. You know they don't fight every weekend. Certain fighters, they, you know, no fighters hopefully fight every weekend. But but there's there's breaks, there's gaps in our sport. It's not like a season where you say, right, okay, we're playing home and away, home and away. No, this. This fills in those gaps. When you, know? you, when you when you compare it and you think, look, boxing, it's not a, a week weekly sport as in the way football is, or you know, even basketball, basically, where you follow a team they're playing twice a, a week or whatever, you know. But if you look at the big big events, you the Mayweather Pacquiao's, the you know, the Ali Frazier's, whatever, down through the years, they are the biggest events in sport that generate the most money. The best fighter on the planet is generally the highest sports star in the world. You know, Canelo did the big contract, obviously Mayweather, you know, back in the day, Tyson, you know, Muhammad. Th- th- these people, when boxing gets it right, when yeah. the big stars come along, it's bigger than anything. Oh, just imagine, I was just sitting there just thinking about examples. Just imagine back in the day, Don King and Bob Aram in the 70s and 80s, on Twitter, 
Yeah. <laughs> and that would Don, that Don King. Would I mean. be. Yeah. He hasn't. He's the, he's the only one from boxing that hasn't actually made any social media appearance at all. None. There's no. There's nothing, is there? No, There's I don't nothing. think there is. No. I don't but, think no, there is. There isn't. But just, but imagine I mean, him now. Now, of course, he hasn't got the stable he used to have. But just imagine back in the day, you're screwing him. You're screwing him. <laughs> you know. But, but you know, everyone. I've watched you know a couple of documentaries. Obviously, I'm sure you've seen the same ones with uh, talking about Don King, and they said you know he was um, he was this, that, and the other. Yeah, a few things done. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was this, that, and the other, all negative. But he was the most charismatic, hard-working oh. man you ever met in your life. Yeah. I remember his office in um, just north of Miami, and I remember going in the first time, and it literally is like it's in it's in uh, I think just outside Fort Lauderdale, and it's quite a normal American sort of suburb, and then he's got this. It's not a skyscraper. He calls it a skyscraper. It's not a skyscraper. It's like a mini sort of half skyscraper. It's all got gold windows. You pull up. Actually, it's a very funny story. So we pulled up. We were staying nearby. We were going for the Abraham Miranda uh, rematch. Uh, I was in fight. Florida at that fight. Yeah. I wasn't at that fight. I was training uh, with Buddy McGirt down yeah. in Barrow oh, yeah, Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of hours yeah. north of Fort Lauderdale anyway, it was after, that time. It was after the, the first fight where Abraham broke his jaw. So it was the big rematch. I mean, it's done. Yeah, and it went off in the ring after. Didn't, yeah, didn't Abraham's brother yeah, yeah, no, put the Abraham boot in and all that? We were yeah. in the fucking nick till, till 5 a.m. and go pick him up. Um, but uh, in Miami on a Saturday night, have fun. Um, <laughs> it was a great night. Um, but but no, so we went to visit Don. And Don, Don said, hey, you got to calm down. He, calls me, he always calls me 007, James Bond. Uh, that's another story. So he goes, 007, 007, you got to come down and see me. So I'm like, okay, all right, coming, I'll come down. Okay, so I got a cab from the hotel, you know, and then brought, my dad came with, went to the, the offices, like I said, there's the, the sales room, he had a sales room in the office, and his business obviously wasn't at the, at the height of its power, but it was still the, it was still the same office. And walked in, first of all, the first, it's like a floor, like a trading floor, with all the times around the world where he was, getting these guys to sell the TV rights. There was no windows in there. It was in like the middle of the thing. It was crazy, obviously. But the funniest thing was, so he's so sitting in the room, and I've having an hour, we spoke for an hour about our different projects, and said, look, Don, sorry, we've got to go back to the hotel now. And I uh, said, oh, yeah, well, uh, okay, you're a driver here? I said, no, no, I've just got a cab, mate, you know? Um, driver. I was like, I've got a fucking driver in my fucking Florida. Yeah, but drivers that fly with me. Um, so, uh, Don clearly did. Um, and, but, but this is hysterical. So, my old man's very conservative, old school guy, you know, self-made guy, very, very, very normal, humble guy. And uh, I might be a little bit different, but, um, but, but so he said, I said, no, no, we're we, we just here with a cab. He said, no, my friends from Germany, we all do not go with a cab. So, Okay, right, fair enough. Yeah, just wait, wait outside. Wait, wait, wait. So he made a call, waiting outside, said goodbye. I said, this is Don, but we, we got, we're in a bit of a hurry. So we waited, and my dad's going, oh, I'm going to get a cab now, fuck this. And I said, no, 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 Because suddenly, he pulls up. <laughs> we pulled up, first of all, a purple Bentley convertible <laughs> with chrome, like the proper wrapper alloys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at it going, yeah, that's a bit of me, Miami. <laughs> aye, aye. <laughs> and the old man... He got a, an S-class, like ridiculously pimped up S-class, 
blacked out windows, gold alloys. But I said, I'm not getting that. <laughs> and they've just given us the keys to, to borrow the cars without them. So he was a very generous, funny guy. But my dad didn't find it too funny driving back to the hotel. But he parked the car in the underground garage, kept the keys and gave back to me at the end of the week. I uh, used the car in a, a little bit different ways. So up and down South Beach all night long. It was good fun. Uh, actually, Don left his, one of his cigars in the in the thing, so the car actually stank of cigars. But no, he ca- character, but one of the hardest working guy, non-stop with him, non, 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 non-stop, non-stop. I got, write a book on stories about him. Great, great, great character. Obviously, has many, many critics. One thing I would always say is, don't always believe that all the smoke and hype around it. A lot of people are very angry with him. But at the same time. How many millionaires did he make out of guys who came from the ghetto? Now, people say, well, how much money did he steal from Tyson? I know the first thing you hear. Well, you know, that's, that's something that I, I wouldn't do comment on here, but probably I'll get a legal letter tomorrow. But I would look at always what he's done in the whole sport and how many millionaires he's created, how much money he's made is something else. You know, like I said, you don't know what the deal with a fighter was. You know, you hear the stories, but what I've seen of him, what I've worked on, he's always been straight. I mean, fighters fight, and they're the ones getting in the ring and they're taking the punches, but the bottom line, the money that's being generated is... Uh, and, and of course, fighters have some, some have very good personalities and they have good backstories, and they're easy to promote. They're more promotable than other fighters, but ultimately, there's a reason why certain promoters have, have, have created massive events and created millionaire after the other you know another other uh, promoters the same fighter could have gone with a different promoter and, and I've earned nowhere near the yeah, amount of exactly, money because the money wasn't exactly. generated exactly. and you, you and, see that time and, and time career, again and the, career, and the career is so short it's so short you know it's, it's like living your life it's like living your life back to front you know um, it's like living your life back to front because you you know if you work in a normal job you aspire to get into the boss's office for the last 10 years of your career before you retire earn the big money and this one's exactly the other way around so, you earn the big money in the beginning of your life and you've got to make sure that lasts you for the rest of your life something I, I got told I heard I can't remember whether I told it or heard it when I was younger and it made a lot of sense to me and I, I still see it thinking of it now and I, when you were talking then about what Don King made and what you know you you take the gamble and we take the risk so we might we might, we might make twice what the fighter made or we might lose yeah. whatever it's, and the person that's me, don't worry about percentages. Worry about what you're putting in the bank. Yeah. What's, what, what you physically 50%. can pay bills with. I always say that. Don't worry where it's in the bank. Yeah. What can you actually use? 50% <laughs> of something is better than 100% of nothing. Correct. Correct. And, and that's often many things in life. Don't worry about other people's things. What's, what is your bottom line? end of and that's where that's the first of a, but how many fighters change in a career and we actually we let me talk about it yesterday but how many people get you get fighters who you build up all the way through and, and uh, uh, team sound and i'd say 90 percent of the talent over the years all the champions they've all been homebred that means we take them from the amateurs from the first fight invested in maiden world champions hopefully and and then you know uh, until the end of their careers, you know, we never we never went to court with a single fighter. Um, reason for that was we, was we we were, we were a way of running it, which we were very open, very transparent about it because we didn't we didn't show them our business. We showed them what they can earn, and they can either agree or not agree. 
what was always often the, the issue in later years, a lot, in the most more recent years, you've had the development of of advisors. Agent, adv- yeah, agents, advisors. There's some great managers. There's some great management companies, you know. Uh, but there's also a lot of frauds, and the frauds that turn up. They're the worrying ones because they normally disappear in the sport pretty quick. They get they get they get found out, and promoters sort of stick together then and keep them out. But they're the ones who turn up, zero risk, right? Zero risk. Have, have got not a clue about anything. Do a bit of Google research and turn up and and, and talk to business with you. That's a, that's the disappointing part. And I feel sorry for fighters where these people yeah. get involved with them because it's literally the blind leading the, the blind. blind. The boxer is putting their trust in this guy who hasn't got a clue. Maybe he's a bit of a sharp geezer yeah. doing something else yeah. and then gets in, thinks he knows the boxing game because oh. he's read a few books and all of a sudden he's, this fighter is following his lead and he, he's throwing his career well, around I'll, by, I'll, by, by putting his faith in, in a, t- basically an idiot. I tell you what, I'll, I'll name and shame. Marco Hook. I'll give you an example. I've sticked away clear of examples, just thinking if I can get done for this, but I'm all right. I don't really give a shit. So, Marco Hook, we grew him into a world champion from zero. He was a kickboxer. Uli Wegner, his trainer, formed him more or less. I got him into a TV deal. Or it was, it was With us, he was earning close, yeah, pretty much a million a fight, three times a year. You just look at his record, his record number of defences. He always got a, he always got a good a good home opponent. I'm not going to say a good home decision, right? <laughs> but he get, but let's say he had a lot of close scratches, and he came through them. Yeah, um, he thought he was being clever, tried to out trick us with with once again one of these famous advice. And he was part, he was he was part almost part of the family, and uh, and he screwed me, he screwed me, he fu- he proper fucked me, and uh, and he went off. So, I would say you can fuck me, but you can only fuck me once, right? That's my, my motto. Everyone get fucked. You can only fuck me once. And I'm not allowed to swear on it. <laughs> Double check. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then he went off. So, I don't think he was earning three million odd a year, three fights, you know, guaranteed every year. Just look at it. Go, go to box rate, look at his record. And then he realized, shit, this guy don't know shit about boxing, right? He went off with. And uh, next fight, he weren't fighting at home. He was fighting, I, I think, for about three, four hundred thousand dollars. So about thirty percent of his purse in America, in New Jersey, I Polish Jersey against Glavatsky. Got knocked the fuck out, and has never made a penny since. Actually, I lie again because I did re- re-emerge in his career, and I brought him into the World Boxing Super Series, and he got he got a payday out of that, but he got smashed up by Uzik. Karma, mate. You know, karma. And and uh, and you know, it was it was for me. It was a, it was a probably the biggest eye opener because it was it was that was the the, the, the part where I just I didn't, didn't get it. Didn't, and today he will be sitting there and not getting it either. What he did, you know. Do I hold it against? Him? No, he was a young guy. You know, he, he still is a young guy. But you know. That's uh, no excuse. It's frustrating though, and because and, and he f- actually feels sorry for the fighters being ill-advised. And I know, and I've been. I can remember myself when you're there, and you, you, you're learning. You learn, and I learned the hard way with some things, and, and not having faith or trust, and thinking, you know, having this kind of 
feeling of suspicion that everyone's out to get you. And, and you've got to be careful of who you're mixing with and what stories you're listening to and giving weight to. Because, you know, if you're with a negative, suspicious, sceptical guy, cynical, that thinks that the promoter's the bad guy and the, the boxer's the victim, and you're hearing that day in, day out in the gym, you know, you, you're, you're eventually going to start getting that chain of thought. You're going to develop that uh, mentality. And, and, and it's not good because the reality is when you talked there about um, guaranteeing the purse is taking the risk, you know, when a fighter comes out of the Olympics or whatever, turns pro, now, for him to get from, let's say, three, four years down, five years down the line, he's packing out 20,000 arenas and he's doing pay-per-views on Sky or, or whatever network, that didn't happen overnight. Now, it didn't, and it didn't just happen because he won the fight. It happened because you called up you're the guys in the media, you lobbied, your publicist, you created opportunities, you got him on the pitch at a football ground, you, you, you picked the right fights at the right time, you put him on the right undercards, probably, prob- well not probably, definitely losing money. When he comes out the Amazon, he doesn't sell a ticket, but he's boxing, he's boxing on 200 miles away from where he's from, so he hasn't sold 10 tickets, he's probably yeah. had 10 comps, but hasn't sold 10 tickets. You know, he's not on the TV, he's not on the telecast, but you're paying him, whatever you're paying and you're paying his opponent a lot of money because the opponent knows he's a good amateur so he puts the price up hotels expenses and it, you know he's having six of them a year and you don't really start making money on this kid till two three years down no, the line so. like what what money has gone involved well not only that what about your time yeah what about your expertise you've got to get paid for that and the one other thing that kills you as a promoter is is the running costs because if you want to deliver on that level you can't just go and say right i'll i'll hire that for for that amount of time, it doesn't work that way. You've got to have employees who are doing it the whole time. Yeah, because then you're invested. You're invested. So you've got to keep so going. It's not that they don't ask for their salary when you've got an event where you don't have a month, uh, but when you've got a month where you don't have an event. You know, it's, it's constant running costs, so that, that factors in as well. On average, we used to work out that per world championship, and I'm talking German purses, mostly Scandinavian purses, couple couple of UK guys, but mainly based on continental Europe money, uh, you, we would have invested just over a million euro per world champion by the time he turned world champion. I'm factoring in things like guys who didn't make it, etc., etc. So that that that's a lot of investment considering your hit rate in terms of world champion. Not everyone you sign up, you think. It, wait, wait. My brother's a great one at that. My brother falls in love with fighters, and, and uh, my brother's a great spotter of talent. But he also gets it wrong quite often, uh, as I remind him. Um, I still think he's one of, the, one of the best young guys out there who, who can spot a talent. But but it, you, you know, we're not supermen. You can't, you can't, you know, I've seen, and you, you've probably seen much more than me, Matthew, and Andy as well over the years, uh, you know, seen in gyms. You watch a fighter in a gym. You look at his amateur record. You think, fuck me. I've got to have him, right? And then... You go and do the deal with him. Sorry, my smashing is about it. <laughs> but and and when you when when you when you get to that stage and you sign that sign them as, as kids, it's all good. You know, you watch the first, but they're always on the undercard. They're a bit earlier. Then they get a little bit later. Then they're slowly building up to the. Car. So I remember there was one. Actually, I can't remember his name now. And he was amazing. Eighteen and oh, I think sixteen knockouts, light heavy. And um, and I put him in. A, it was it was a European title fight. It wasn't even main event, it was co-feature. Well, the second one was, was also a big production on German TV. And the guy froze. It was like stage fright. He'd, he'd been there before, he'd fought in the venue, but he always fought, you know, half-empty arena, not, not the big lights on. And he got up there, and it was, I was like, 
fucks up with him, you know. He was a killer in the gym, you know. He was a beast, you know. And it, and it, and I was like, huh? And you, you're already two, three, four hundred grand down on a kid, so that's a big mistake, you know. Imagine you, as a property investor, let's say you go out and buy a flat for two, three, or four hundred. It's big, big money, and the flat tomorrow gets pushed away by a rainstorm. Right? That's the feeling. It's, that's, it's, so when people say, "Oh, boxing, oh, great," you know, super money. Yeah, let me. You come with me for a couple of years, and I'll show you super money. You know, that's when you when you say, "Of course." At the big end, it's exciting and it's great. At the end of the day, though, a lot of it, the reason you do it is not the money. It's 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 the because you love doing what you do. You know. Can moan about it all day. I'll moan all day long, and you won't meet anyone in boxing who doesn't moan. You know, everyone moans. I can see you smirking already. Andy, it's a drug, isn't it? You're probably talking to every promoter who says, "Ah, oh, this is drug. shit. This is shit." You know, you spend spend an hour with a promoter. He'll, he'll, like fifty nine minutes will be that's fucking crap. This is shit. That's rubbish. You know, we're, we're the most bitter, bitter, horrible people at times. Cynical. Moaning, and moaning, you're cynical, moaning, bitter. But it's a drug, isn't but it? At the end of the day, oh, no, it's I would say, then fucking walk away. But it's a but drug. But that's exactly can't. what I was about well, to say. You can't walk away because it's, addic- it's so addictive. It's a You're drug. I'm telling you, the lows are absolutely. Why didn't you take your money from button. your career, walk off, and become a? I don't know. Buy some properties and and and, well, and, 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 and watch golf. <laughs> no, but you understand what I'm saying? No, no, no. But, you know, I can't get enough of it because I'm addicted. I'm still here. I love it. I love this. I love talking. I love chatting. I love these conversations. I mean, the same for you. You know. Uh, as Andy said, we're not a good business model to follow on the podcast. We have earned a penny on this. All this does is cost us money and cost us time, but we love it. We're immersed in it. We're addicted to it. I'm, I'm, I'm retired three years, and I'm, and I'm as addicted to it as I ever was. I think and I can smell a comeback. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, it, and, it, and, and it's because of the characters. It's because of the kamikaze-ness yeah. of it. Do you know what I mean? Were you pointing at me when you said kamikaze? <laughs> <laughs> But I think I think we'll. we'll uh, <laughs> I think this is probably a pretty good place, pretty good place to leave it. But one thing I've noticed about promoters, and you just you just went through a litany of adjectives there to describe yourself and, and, and colleagues. Another thing that you all have in common is you all move on from things really, really quickly. So in one <laughs> sentence you'll be moaning, the next sentence you'll be praising something and going on about how great it is. One day you'll be. You know, you'll be looking like you're about to walk into the sea because some dealer's gone south. Ten minutes later, you've forgotten it's done, it's over, it's finished. Yeah. And then you're on to the next thing. That, that's, that's definitely another thing you all have in common. Yeah, we, uh, we, you know, we, we can't dwell. Keep can't moving dwell. forward, don't move you? Forward. You've got to keep moving and, forward. And when you, take, and, you, uh, when you really take one on the chin, and uh, I've had a few over the years, when you really take one on the chin uh, as, a, as a promoter, I don't mean physically, um, not always, um, I just, it, you, you, you have to have that sort of attitude, you know, get up the next morning and, 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 and go, you know, go back to the survival. I, I, the think pro- I think promoters in business are like boxers in sport because to survive, like you say, you've got to have tenacity. I mean, you, people can, you talk about Dan King, we'll talk about Frank Warren, I know just quickly because we're on the subject, and, you know, the tenacity of that man to survive and to survive. What do you mean, Frank would done now? Frank, what Frank, right? yeah, no. You know, the tenacity is just no. admirable. If he was a boxer, he would be Rocky Balboa. Yeah. You know, the, the, <laughs> you know <laughs> I mean? The fact that he's still there, you know what I mean? He's, he, you have to and, admire and, that. And, and, to, and to be fair, you've got to look at also that Frank has, he's, he's 
uh, like I said before, for me, one of the, the best promoters, especially at matchmaking. But also, look at his work with Box Nation, you know? I mean, you could, once again, it's once I mean, that again. That was a bold right, move. Because, that took some But, but going to back move. to that thing about the business models, how many people came out and said, well, that's a stupid business model. You know, I'm not thinking, mate, are you, are you a shareholder? Or, or what are you? You know, no, what, seriously, what are you? Are you a shareholder in the company? So what's it got to do? If Frank wants to open his fucking network, let him open his network. And, and you I, was, can pay I think 12, I was the first subscriber. And you can was, pay 12 was, quid a month to see brilliant It's right, the best well. value channel I've ever had. Why would I complain had? about that? Why would I talk about the zone at the moment in any negative light as a boxing fan? Look at their schedule of events. The shows are You're a boxing you know, fan. If you look at their what? schedule of events, you'd think, what? at the beginning of the year, what if I said to you, Matthew, Andy... This is, these are, give me a list of fights you'd like to see in the next couple of years. You would, I promise you, you would have put down 70% of those fights. 100%. As, a, as, a, as, a, as someone who knows the game and someone who knows what, you, what, what boxing is, you would put down those fights. And they're delivering them in, a, in an autumn. What are, you, what are you interested about what their business model is? Same with Frank, with Box Nation. You know. I was I was spending a lot more time in in, in, in Germany at the time, so I had a, I had one of those pirate dishes. Up. I shouldn't say this now, should I? Uh, but, but, <laughs> no, but I was paying for it. <laughs> I, just don't know if I was paying the right person. Oh, really? I don't, know, I don't know who I was paying. <laughs> it was, it was, but you know, if you gave me the number, mate. <laughs> no, I think it just show, I think that proves but, that the business side of boxing, but, people are as as endeared with and as obsessed and as addicted to that but, as they are the actual fights. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it, it, yeah, yeah no, I, I'm with you. Yeah, I, mean, I'm, I, I agree. Right, I get what you're yeah, saying as well. But it's, it's just, it, it's, it's tiring. But it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. And, and it's part of the banter part. And, you know, all good, you know. It's all good. Okay, we'll leave it there. But we'll It's definitely been emotional. Do this. It has been emotional, but we'll definitely do this again. Yeah. Because this has been great fun. And there are so many other things that we could talk about. Absolutely. So many other things. So, Calla, thanks very much for your time. Uh, it's been tremendous. Um, yes, this will be reconvened. And thank everybody for listening for... Um, uh, as always, and if you, can find your way onto, if, you, <laughs> if you can find your way onto iTunes and uh, give us a rate, give us a review, uh, and just keep letting us know what you think, because we are interested in what you think, and any suggestions you've got, you know, if, if the people suggested are accessible, then we'll, we'll, we'll do what we can, uh, and we'll be back again next week. Get someone sneaking round the corner could that someone be Mac the Knife? There's a tugboat down by the river, don't you know? Where a cement bag. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.